0: Red Eye all one word for fifteen percent off your stay at Motel6.com. That's a great deal. And that's just something I've noticed brought to you by Motel Six.
1: Now it's Red Eye Radio talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the UNIDEN America studios. For Gary McNamara and Eric Harley, Dan Mandis, this is Red Eye Radio.
2: Appreciate you listening. The phone number is 866-907-3339, 866-90-RED-EYE. I'm on uh, Twitter and Facebook and pretty much all the socials. At Dan Mandis Show. I host a morning show, six to ten Eastern in Nashville, Tennessee on Super Talk. 997 WTN. You can listen if you would like 997 WTN.com. So pretty much throughout the evening, there's been one question and uh one question really that the American people have been asking, and that is where did this cocaine come from? You know, the cocaine that was found in the White House a couple of days after Hunter Biden was in the uh, White House. Big story yesterday for the 4th of July. Not only can Joe Biden not keep drugs from coming over our southern border, he also can't keep uh, drugs from the White House, apparently. And so this is one of those stories where, number one, I I did notice. I'm not calling any networks out. But there were some networks that actually didn't even report on the story that cocaine was found in the White House. Or you had a lot of other uh, news outlets that reported the story that cocaine was found in the Biden White House. But they made sure to include in the headline that Joe Biden was not there. Cocaine found in the White House while Biden was gone. I mean, it was like. I don't know if anybody really expects that uh, Joe Biden himself was, uh, you know, freebasing cocaine. I think is that what they call free? I don't. Know. I've never done cocaine. But here's what I do know: what I do know is that the majority of Americans, when they heard this story, they immediately thought of Hunter Biden. They did. Even if you are a supporter of Joe Biden. You had to think of Crackhead Hunter, right? And so now the question is: th- There's a lot of questions. Number one is: All right, so if if um, if the Secret Service found this cocaine, which they did, they were doing a, a routine check of the White House, and they found this cocaine. Did they fingerprint the cocaine? Now the reason why that is important is because you have inquiring minds like yours truly that that want to know if it's actually Hunter Biden's cocaine. And if they did not fingerprint that bag of cocaine that was found, and I'm going to tell you where it was found in the White House, but if they chose not to fingerprint that cocaine, because I guess it was in a little cocaine packet, well, then clearly they knew that it was Hunter's, right? It's almost like We don't want to know. And because we don't want to know. They didn't fingerprint it, which looks suspicious or they did know. Whose fingerprints would be on that. Bag of cocaine. And so they purposely didn't fingerprint the bag so that. The testing wouldn't come back with uh, Hunter Biden. They might say now. Oh, well, you know, we touched it, we picked it up. Silly us, stupid us, but the bag of cocaine is now contaminated. So there's no point in testing said cocaine. But here's the great thing about this story. And there's nothing great about the story, to be perfectly honest. It's just sad that on the 4th of July, when the president is trying to act all patriotic and stuff, He's dealing with uh, the story of cocaine in the White House during a time when his crackhead son was in the White House. Now, where was it found in the White House? First, it was reported in I'm just going to tell you there's some confusion. First, it was reported in the West Wing. Now, if you don't know the layout uh, of, of the White House, the lay of the land, if you will, in the West Wing, You have Biden staffers. You have the media working in the West Wing. You have maintenance staff in there. You've got janitorial folks as well. So there's a lot of folks that could have just, you know, dropped the bag of cocaine. And by the way, I don't I don't know how big the bag was. And you could tell me it was a kilo. That would mean absolutely nothing to me because I I don't I don't know if I've ever even seen cocaine in, in real life. But still others say that this cocaine was found not in the West Wing, but in the library, the presidential library, two floors below the private White House residence and in part of, they say, the public tour. And by the way, still uh, other reports show that the cocaine was found in a work area of the library and not the actual library. And and so the question is, where did they find this And, and, and why is it? that this is seemingly all over the place
0: and now for a segment called just something i've noticed brought to you by our friends at motel six just something i've noticed there's a lot more yawning these days have you noticed that yeah and the bad thing about yawning it's contagious now i'm not a scientist but i do know that's true you see somebody else yawn, all of a sudden, you got to yawn. you know what helps to curtail the yawning? How about a great night's rest at Motel 6? Book online at Motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. and Truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price you will love when you use the code CPREDEYE, that's the letters CP CPREDEYE, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel 6 and help curtail the yawning. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6.
2: But all of these lead to one question. Where was Hunter? It was discovered on Sunday night. The discovery came two days after Hunter was last seen at the White House as he headed with his father for, as they say, a long holiday weekend. Now, look, I don't know if this was Hunter's cocaine. It could have been. Some people on uh, the uh, World Wide Web and, you know, from a journalistic standpoint, it is the Wild West on the World Wide Web. And so we, we don't really know. It's hard to tell who has credibility and who doesn't. But there's some folks that are saying. That Hunter was actually in this particular room and the Secret Service knows that Hunter was in this room and then lo and behold, they found this cocaine. Yeah, that's that's what some people are reporting. And so part of my my question is, or my I guess my statement. Is that if if Joe Biden was as much of a a father and this is where it gets a little awkward and uncomfortable, but I'm going to say it. If Joe Biden were half the father that he seems to think that he is, which he's not. He would have Hunter Biden tested right now to see if he's fallen off the wagon. And if he has fallen off the wagon, if it turns out that he tests positive for cocaine, well, then he needs to go back. Hunter Biden needs to go back to rehab. Because I'm I'm thinking about if it were my kids or I'd be willing to bet if they were your kids, your adult child who has a history of drug problems and drug addiction. And a really bad drug addiction at that. Well, he comes to visit the house. And you find a bag of cocaine. Well, then immediately you start thinking, oh, crap, that is an oh, crap moment for a parent who cares. And so the first thing I'm going to do. Is go to my son. And say, I need you to, to pee in a cup. I need to get some blood, whatever it is. to make sure that your son hasn't fallen off the wagon. I mean, is isn't that what most uh parents would do? I bet you that's what you would do. Got to hold those kids accountable and and you know, Ronald Reagan once said trust but verify. And I totally agree with that. Now you got some people that are saying, and this is what I what I was dealing with earlier in the broadcast here on Red Eye Radio. Some people are saying, well, it couldn't have been Hunter. I mean, this is in the presidential library. Why would Hunter go to the presidential library? Well, I, I would pose it this way. I remember when I was in high school and you were smoking cigarettes or smoking pot, whatever it might be, maybe downing a beer. You wouldn't do it in front of the teachers and everybody. No. No. You're going to sneak off some place where dad's not going to find out. Well, well, maybe that's what Hunter was doing down in uh, the library. And when they say it was found in a work area near the library, or maybe it's a work area in the library, regardless. Hunter's not going to sit there and, and, and do cocaine where, you know, you've got a bunch of people hanging around. Especially his father. Then you got people saying, well, you really think the president's son, Hunter Biden, you really think that he was so careless. As to drop a bag of cocaine anywhere in the White House. And my my comment back to you would be, well, you know, this is the same hunter that left a laptop full of incriminating evidence at a repair shop in Delaware. You know that, right? I mean, this is one of the most irresponsible men I've ever known. There's people that are saying he wouldn't be this irresponsible. And I would say, really, because this is the same guy that is out there having sex with hookers and even had a, a baby with a stripper. And again, left his laptop at a Delaware computer repair shop that had all kinds of incriminating evidence, including, of course, all kinds of naked pictures. So now the question is, did the Secret Service do a thorough investigation of that bag of cocaine? The other thing that I would say, and you folks know this, there's cameras everywhere in the White House. Have the cameras been looked at? And again, I'm not saying that Hunter did it. But I'm saying that Majority of people in America who know the story of Hunter Biden, know that he was at the White House in the last several days, and they find out that there is cocaine that was left in the White House somewhere. And everybody's first thought, I would say, immediately goes to Hunter Biden. I know mine did. The phone number is 866-907-3339. This is David in Maryland on uh, Red Eye Radio. Hello, David.
0: Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. I wanted to say what I think of Ben and Jerry. They, way before I knew their politics, they never have had anything for a diabetic to eat. And to me, that's discrimination because we're a group, too.
2: So are you being facetious or are you being serious?
0: I'm being serious. They have had never any low sugar, sugar sugar-free or uh, no sugar-added ice cream, and that's all diabetics are supposed to have. And I've had diabetes uh, since 1970, I mean, uh, 1988. So, I mean, the, a lot of the companies have sugar-free stuff for us, and the ones that don't, I don't deal with.
2: Can I tell you the um, – I'm just going to be honest. I don't think Ben & Jerry's is all that you, – you ain't missing much, David. If you, if you want sugar-free, Yasso Bars. YASSO. Yasso bars are really good. I believe that they're actually sugar-free. Don't quote me on that, I'll but have to check. Yeah, check check those out check and I pre- I appreciate the uh, the call there, David. Uh I I don't know what to say about that uh, other than you know, with Ben and Jerry's, I um I don't expect much from Ben and Jerry's. And I again, I don't think their their food is all that great. How their ice cream is all that great. However, it is their choice to make these really silly posts on social media, uh, damning America for stealing land from the Indians, which is what we talked about in the last hour. And a lot of conservatives are saying that there needs to be a boycott. But you know what? That is a business decision. And with Ben and Jerry's, it's also a business decision not to, you know, make ice cream for uh, diabetics. William is in Springfield, Virginia, on Red Eye Radio. Hey, William, how are you? Hi, Dan. I got two reasons why I think it wasn't him and one where where I think it was. You talking about uh, Hunter? Yeah. The
3: first, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, oh, the first is that they didn't find it in the painting room. Um, you know, they found it in the library. The second one is that cocaine is a rich person's drug, and it seems like based on his alimony, uh, he's probably still back on meth and not cocaine. And then the third reason why it probably was him was either to now say, oh, well, we need to put him in rehab and get him out of the limelight, or so he gets sympathy before his sentencing on all his crimes.
2: You know, I was it's funny you mentioned that, William, because as I was going through that monologue, in the back of my head, I'm thinking, you know, I wonder if this is some sort of a sympathy move for Hunter. And you're right to get him out of the public eye, because let's face it, there is an abundance of, of corruption allegations there with Hunter Biden. And uh, as I as I mentioned during the monologue, nothing would surprise me. And I do appreciate the call. Eight, six, six, nine, zero, seven, thirty three, thirty nine. This is Red Eye Radio. It's
0: USDA's first look at hops acreage this season. And according to Lance Hoding of the National Agricultural Statistics Service, That acreage told that's expected to be strong for harvest this season, was a little bit of a dip in that this year. In fact, that's the second year in a row that we've seen a little bit of a dip. Yet that is in comparison to strong hop acreage increases that peaked two years ago. Overall, are very high. Historically, this is a crop that's been growing, generally speaking, over time, largely because of the big demand from things like the crop brewing industry, things of that nature. Despite that expansion, Hop production forecast from USDA focus on the three Pacific Northwest states, which produce the majority of our nation's hops. Washington, Oregon, Idaho. We saw a little bit of a drop in acreage in all three of those states this year. We'll continue to follow up on this crop through the growing season to see how that translates into production as the season goes on. I'm Rod Bain reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture in Washington, D.C. This report is made possible by Cenex Roadmaster XL Premium Diesel. And Sitco Lubricants.
1: Get in touch with Red Eye Radio. Toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE.
2: Radio 86690 Red Eye Dan Mandis here and uh, as always appreciate the opportunity to fill in. By the way, Gary and Eric they return Sunday night, Monday morning, and right now I want to say hello to Eddie in Spring Hill, Tennessee, on Red Eye Radio. Hey, Eddie, how are you?
3: Okay, how you doing?
2: I'm all well, right. Go ahead, sir.
3: I got I got one question. Why haven't Joe Biden been impeached in four years?
2: I think the reason why Joe Biden hasn't been impeached is they know that it won't go anywhere in the Senate. And I think that the the leadership has to be very – because Kevin McCarthy has been in the House, the leader of the House. Kevin McCarthy has been very, uh, I would say, lukewarm to the idea of impeachment. Now, to your point, Eddie, and I've said this in my Nashville show for for years now, the Democrats – have lowered the bar for impeachment uh, to the point where it would make all the sense in the world if the Republicans wanted to uh, impeach Joe Biden. I just think that they do, again, understand that um, the chances of them actually being able to convict in the Senate is not going to happen. And they have to, unlike the Democrats, who were just trying to, you know, throw anything against uh, the wall to see what sticks, the Republicans actually want to Do whatever they can to hold the Biden administration accountable, but at the same time act responsible. And by the way, you have uh, a number of different lawmakers, including Andy Ogles, who is, uh, you know, a congressman here in uh, my area in Tennessee. A lot of them have brought up uh, impeachment, uh, have filed for impeachment against the president uh, for any number of reasons, dereliction of duty being one. So. You know, I I don't I don't think that Biden is ultimately going to be leaving the White House because of impeachment. I think what's going to happen is uh, Biden will. I'm thinking more than likely uh, he is uh, ultimately going to be told by the party that uh, the stuff with Hunter Biden is just getting way too much and not to mention his cognitive decline. And Joe Biden will have to step aside. And I do very much appreciate the call. Uh, very quickly, let's see if I can get this in. Tom is in Boston on Red Eye Radio. Tom, go ahead.
3: Hi, uh, how you doing? Uh, I just want to say I think Hunter Biden is a strange, is a strange when his father. He really was trying to set his father up. I think he left the laptop there on purpose, hoping it would be, it would someone would find the laptop and the cocaine, the same thing. Now, why would you leave cocaine in the White House? unless you were trying to set up something for your father. And I believe he's doing this because, if you remember, he complained bitterly about the fact that Pops, the big guy, he took...
2: Uh, I got to put you on hold, uh, Tom. I think I know where you're going. Stay close.
1: Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America Studios. 1-866-907-3339, 866-90-RED-EYE. Now, for Gary McNamara and Eric Harley, here is Dan Mandis.
2: Thank you very much for listening. I'm going to get back to Tom in Boston. Tom, you're... Talking about Hunter Biden and how you uh, feel like uh, Hunter may be trying to set up his dad with the cocaine in the White House and the laptop as well. Let me let me ask you a question, Tom. Why would Hunter do that? Because if if, uh, you know, dad is out of the White House, if dad is out of power, well, then the gravy train for Hunter ends. Yeah, he's he's
3: angry at his dad. Now let's let's, let's go back. Bill Biden was Joe Biden's favorite. Hunter was just an afterthought. So Hunter got into drugs, and they they get this elaborate scheme to skim all this money. And Joe Biden said, "Listen, I get this scheme. You get you get all the money, and you give me ten percent." Uh, and he he got and Joe Biden got his cut. This was an elaborate scheme. For the whole family, and they 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 did it through these 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 companies, these shell companies, Mm -hmm. and and this this family is corrupt. And I think Hunter Biden really doesn't like his father, and he was that's why he planted the cocaine in the White House. I think who would leave the cocaine in the White House unless you were trying to get somebody in trouble? Who would leave a laptop full of incriminating
2: information? Tom Tom uh, Tom, Tom. Tom, I don't know if you heard my monologue on this, but Hunter Biden is a guy who is extremely careless. His entire life has been entitlement. And so he's very reckless. And so, I mean, you you say who would do that? Hunter would do that because he's a careless individual. And despite what Joe Biden says when he says Hunter is the smartest man I know, He's really not all that bright, but then again, then again, neither is Hunter's dad. So I I appreciate the call. Thank you very much. And very quickly, Mike is uh, listening in Chicago on Red Eye Radio. Hey, Mike, how are you? Good. How are you? I'm all right, man. Go Um, ahead.
3: The reason I good, you mentioned a a few minutes ago before the break how uh, maybe this was being done the the cocaine uh, for sympathy. For for by uh, or for Hunter rather, and I'm just wondering if if it's found to be his cocaine, uh, doesn't that negate the the plea deal he has for the gun charges?
2: Yeah, you know I I, I suppose that it would. I, I don't know how that legal stuff works, but if it is found to be his cocaine, I mean, you know, you would think that he would probably have to go to jail, you know, possession that kind of a thing. So you, you would think. The question is, right. did yeah, I don't know. Oh, I I was just going to say that the question is, did the Secret Service do their due diligence in trying to figure out whose cocaine it was or do they know that? it? And just so we're clear, folks, I don't know whose cocaine it is, but or did the Secret Service, assuming that it was uh, hunters, not do their due diligence because they didn't want to know because they already knew? Does that make sense, Mike?
3: Right. They, oh, it makes sense. I'm just curious if it does be if it is is to be found that it is his cocaine. What does that do with the with the uh, charges that are against him right now, where everything seems to be being swept under the rug? Assuming that he kept he was a good man, who kept himself clean for the next two or three years, whatever they said it was.
2: Yeah, you know and we'll that have would to be wait. In a way, it
3: seems to me. Yeah, yeah, and,
2: and and I appreciate the call, Mike. I I don't think I don't think that we're gonna find out couple of things. I don't believe we'll ever find out if that was Hunter's cocaine. Because if it truly was found in the library, because, again, remember, there's two different stories out there. There's the story that it was in the library, the presidential library, which is part of the tour. You know, as I mentioned earlier, that's when you take a tour of the White House, the library is part of that. It could also be in a work area uh, either near the library or in the library, but sort of off to the side kind of a thing. Or it was in the West Wing. And I don't know where it was found. But there seems to be a couple of very distinct different stories. But for me, I don't believe that we'll ever find out if if that was Hunter's uh, cocaine or not. I, I believe that um, either number one, they'll never officially announce whose uh, cocaine it was. You'll have many uh, Republicans and many, quote unquote, sources that will say, oh, yeah, that was Hunter's. We've got three sources that tell us that was Hunter's cocaine and that the Secret Service, they did investigate it because they knew whose it was. And they didn't want to know what they knew. If you know what I mean. Or somebody will end up being the fall person, the fall guy. And they'll raise their hand and they'll say, yeah, huh, my bad. I misplaced my cocaine in the White House. By the way, there's people out there. I, I, I don't remember who it was. Some people out there that are saying that the uh, basically the entire you know Biden staff or a lot of the higher ups within the Biden staff. They're on these kinds of drugs that that's what the, you know. some people are saying. I don't know if that's true or not, but quite frankly, some of the some of the decisions that they make. I often find myself thinking, are they on drugs? So it, it would actually make all the sense in the world if they were on drugs. Eight six six ninety red eye is the phone number 866 I was talking earlier about the $100 billion in thefts that we have seen in Democrat-run cities across the country. I don't know if Eric and Gary spoke about this uh, woman, but there was a a state lawmaker in Wisconsin, state senator. Maybe you heard the story of this woman who her name, I believe, was Latanya Johnson. And uh, she was up there in the Wisconsin State Senate. And uh she was talking about a bill. She was talking about some legislation that would bring more police officers uh, to the city and And the reason why they were doing this was because crime was beginning to spill from the city into the suburbs. And so now, if you're seeing this through the uh you know eyes of a progressive, you're kind of pissed off because the city of Milwaukee is disintegrating into into chaos and crime and has been for a long time. But now the only reason that people are upset is because now the crime is spilling into the suburbs. And so then she made this, I would say, rather ill-fated comment.
3: If some of the people that were being directly impacted were being brought to the table, because to say that these additional police are needed because crime is spilling out into the suburbs, What about these babies who are being lost right in their own cities, the suburbs, Hmm. because they don't know a thing about how life is in the city.
2: So that is, uh, again, a a state lawmaker who, by the way, was uh, told to resign. You you had people that actually said that this is like a deplorables moment. I mean, you remember when Hillary uh, talked about a, a deplorables moment. And uh, how the Trump supporters were a basket of deplorables or whatever the hell it was. That is Senator Latanya Johnson. Saying F the suburbs. And, and so one of the things that, that I, I thought when I when I heard that, you know, we see these stories all the time. Again, earlier I was talking about how, you know, latest research shows that one hundred billion dollars in, in theft has been happening in cities across America that are cities run by Democrats. And so one of the things that I would say to uh, Latanya there is, you know, it's interesting that you say F the suburbs when really what has happened is that progressive rules such as yours has really effed the cities. As evidenced by the latest uh, by the latest study and research that shows that $100 billion has been stolen from these uh, you know, these companies in the cities. And so they decide to bail. And so when you look at what's going on under progressive rule, when you look at what's going on where, you know, she is saying F the suburbs because the suburbs don't know anything about what's going on in the city. Well, there's a reason why it's because a lot of the people that live in the suburbs we're fleeing your kind of rule and your kinds of policies. I would say to Wisconsin State Senator Latanya Johnson. And part of what I find interesting is she's out there complaining, as a Democrat, she's out there complaining about the crime in the uh, you know city of uh, Milwaukee. And my question would be this: How do you feel, Latanya? About the defund the police movement. Were you supportive of the defund the police movement? Because we know that that was a a big accelerator of crime. So if you're going to say F the suburbs, that's all fine, well and good. But I I would like to I would like someone to ask you how you feel about, uh, you know, the the. The bail reforms that the Democrats have been embracing over the past several years, which has also been an accelerant to crime. In other words, it's really easy to get out in front of a microphone in a podium and, and say something like F the suburbs when in reality. It's your policies that have led to the crime. You know, why do you think there's not enough police officers? I would say to Latanya Johnson, the reason why there's not enough police officers is because your party was all about defunding the police. And so there is a big time shortage of police officers, I'm sure, in Milwaukee. There certainly is in Nashville, where I live, and there's a shortage of uh, police officers nationwide. And so I would say you don't get to, on the one hand, demonize police, which is what the progressives do. You don't get to demonize the police incessantly on the one hand and then complain that you don't have enough police officers on the other hand. I'd be willing to bet by and large that the people in the suburbs, they appreciate and they support the police. And by the way, I would also say to Latanya, there's a lot of people in the city of of, uh, Milwaukee. They'd also support the police, but it was the very loud progressives. It was the very loud progressives and, and their defund the police uh, wave that happened across the country that has you where you are now. Which is basically screwed. And one of the things that I would say in, in wrapping this whole thing up is how many times have we seen. And how many times have we said, as conservatives, which I am one, maybe you are, maybe you aren't. But how many times have conservatives have we said, well, it's too bad, so sad for the cities, but they're the ones that keep uh, voting for this progressive rule. I thought it was really funny, to be perfectly candid. I thought it was hilarious. When you had all of those people on the south side of Chicago screaming at the powers that be there because migrants were being shipped into their neighborhood and they were really angry and they were beside themselves and they're screaming, not here, not here, not here. And I said on there on WTN in Nashville, why not there? Because you're the ones that voted for Joe Biden. You're the ones that voted for the progressives. You're the ones that love to be the sanctuary city. So you're the ones that get to deal with the consequences. And I believe that that is why what Ron DeSantis and, and uh, Governor Abbott, Greg Abbott in Texas have been doing, which is shipping these migrants to these sanctuary cities was actually an absolutely brilliant move. 866 907 We'll return next. Red Eye Radio, eight six six nine zero red eye 866 3339 Dan Mandis here in for Gary and Eric. They return Sunday night, Monday morning. What a weird headline this is. You ready? <clears throat> Earlier we were making fun of the California <laughs> Reparations Task Force. You know what they want to do? They want to, as they are now calling for the elimination of child support debt, For black residents, because the nation's laws have torn African-American families apart. Isn't that interesting? Now, listen, a lot of these guys, regardless of skin color, a lot of these guys don't pay child support anyway. But the child support is supposed to be there for the kids. So while you may think that you're helping, you know, these deadbeat dads, in reality, what you're doing is you're really screwing the kids. And why would you do that? And does that mean that the taxpayers have to further foot the bill to help raise these kids? Inquiring minds want to know what a bizarre headline. Anyway, 866 907 3339, 866 90 Red Eye.
1: This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Hey guys, welcome to the Candy Valentino Show. I'm Candy Valentino.
0: I
2: was a founder before I could legally order a drink. And for more than two and a half decades, I've built, scaled, acquired, and exited multiple businesses in diverse industries. Now my goal is to help you by sharing the knowledge that I've learned, the mistakes that I've made, and the wisdom that I've developed over my journey. Bi-weekly episodes every Monday and Thursday.
0: The Candy Valentino Show, wherever you listen.
2: Every story eventually comes to an end. This June, hear the final episode of Season 2 of the hit podcast series, In the Red Clay, Durham in the red clay tells the unbelievable true story of billy sunday burt the most dangerous man in georgia history in the podcast that people are calling riveting incredibly moving captivating and addicting binge seasons one and two of in the red clay now wherever you listen